Article 38 of the Labor Code, Illegal Recruitment, Letter A. Any recruitment activities, including the prohibited practices enumerated under Article 34 of this Code, to be undertaken by nine licensees or non-holders of authority, shall be deemed illegal and punishable under Article 39 of this Code. The Department of Labor and Employment or any law enforcement officer may initiate complaints under this article. Letter B. Illegal recruitment when committed by a syndicate or in large scale shall be considered an offense involving economic sabotage and shall be penalized in accordance with Article 39 hereof. Illegal recruitment is deemed committed by a syndicate if carried out by a group of three or more persons conspiring and or confederating with one another in carrying out any unlawful or illegal transaction, enterprise, or scheme defined under the first paragraph hereof. Illegal recruitment is deemed committed in large scale if committed against three or more persons individually or as a group. Letter C. The Secretary of Labor and Employment or his duly authorized representative shall have the power to cause the arrest and detention of such non-licensee or non-holder of authority if after investigation it is determined that his activities constitute a danger to national security and public order or will lead to further exploitation of job seekers. The minister shall order the search of the office or premises and seizure of documents, paraphernalia, properties, and other implements used in illegal recruitment activities and the closure of companies, establishments, and entities found to be engaged in the recruitment of workers for overseas employment without having been licensed or authorized to do so. Number 1. Illegal recruitment defined as amended. As defined originally in Article 38, illegal recruitment was limited to recruitment activities undertaken by non-licensee or non-holders of authority. This has been changed by RA number 8042 known as the Migrant Workers and Overseas Filipinos Act of 1995. Under this law, even a licensee or holder of authority may be held guilty of illegal recruitment. The list of acts considered as illegal recruitment has also been expanded. The definition of illegal recruitment under RA number 8042 states section 6 definition for purposes of this act illegal recruitment shall mean any act of canvassing enlisting contracting transporting utilizing hiring or procuring workers and includes referring contract services promising or advertising for employment abroad whether for profit or not when undertaken by a non-licensee or non-holder of authority contemplated under Article 13F of Presidential Decree Number 442 as amended, otherwise known as the Labor Code of the Philippines, provided that any such licensee or non-holder who in any manner offers or promises for a fee employment abroad to two or more persons shall be deemed so engaged. It shall likewise include the following acts, whether committed by any person, whether a non-licensee, non-holder licensee, or holder of authority. Letter A, to charge or accept directly or indirectly any amount greater than that specified in the schedule of allowable fees prescribed by the Secretary of Labor and Employment or to make a worker pay any amount greater than that actually received by him as a loan or advance. Letter B, to furnish or publish any false notice or information or document in relation to recruitment or employment. Letter C, to give any false notice, testimony, information, or document, or commit any act of misrepresentation for the purpose of securing a license or authority under the Labor Code. 
Letter D, to induce or attempt to induce a worker already employed to quit his employment in order to offer him another unless the transfer is designed to liberate a worker from oppressive terms and conditions of employment. Letter E, to influence or attempt to influence any person or entity not to employ any worker who has not applied for employment through his agency. Letter F, to engage the in the recruitment or placement of workers in jobs harmful to public health or morality or to the dignity of the Republic of the Philippines. Letter G, to obstruct or attempt to obstruct inspection by the Secretary of Labor and Employment or by his duly authorized representative. Letter H, to fail to submit reports on the status of employment. Placement vacancies, remittance of foreign exchange earnings, separation from jobs, departures, and such other matters or information as may be required by the Secretary of Labor and Employment. Letter I, to substitute or alter to the prejudice of the worker employment contracts approved and verified by the Department of Labor and Employment from the time of actual signing thereof by the parties up to the up to and including the period of the expiration of the same without the approval of the Department of Labor and Employment. Letter J, for an officer or agent of a recruitment or placement agency to become an officer or member of the board of any corporation engaged in travel agency or to be engaged directly or indirectly in the management of a travel agency. Letter K, to withhold or deny travel documents from applicants' workers before departure for monetary or financial considerations other than those authorized under the Labor Code and its implementing rules and regulations. Letter L, failure to actually deploy without valid reason as determined by the Department of Labor and Employment. And letter M, failure to reimburse expenses incurred by the worker in connection with his documentation and processing for purposes of deployment in cases where the deployment does not actually take place without the worker's fault. Illegal recruitment when committed by a syndicate or in a large scale shall be considered an offense involving economic sabotage. Illegal recruitment is deemed committed by a syndicate if carried out by a group of three or more persons conspiring or confederating with one another. It is deemed committed in large scale if committed against three or more persons individually or as a group. As expanded through the above definition, illegal recruitment embodies Article 34 of this code. The comments under that article equally applies here. 1.1. Persons liable for illegal recruitment. The persons criminally liable for illegal recruitment are their principals, accomplices, and accessories. In case of juridical persons, the officers having control, management, or direction of their business shall be liable. 1.2 Employee when liable. An agency's employee who does not control, manage, or direct the business may not be held liable for illegal recruitment, where it is shown that the employee was merely acting under the direction of his superiors and was unaware that his acts, consi constituted, acts constituted the crime. He may not be held criminally liable for an act done for and in behalf of his employer. Such employee has to be acquitted even were the employer in violation of POEA requirement did not register such employee and the employee was unaware of such violation. Conversely, an employee of a company or corporation engaged in illegal recruitment may be held liable as principal together with his employer if it is shown that he actively and consciously participated in illegal recruitment. In this case, evidence showed that the key appellant was the one who informed complainants about the job and the requirements for deployment. She also received money 
from them as placement fees. The complainants testified that they personally met and transacted with her regarding the overseas job placement offers. Complainants parties with their money Complainants parted with their money, evidenced by receipts signed by the accused. Thus, accused appellant, the employee, actively participated in the recruitment of the complainants. 1.3. Lack of receipts. The absence of receipts cannot defeat a criminal prosecution for illegal recruitment. As long as the witnesses can positively show through their respective testimonies that the accused is the one involved in the prohibited recruitment, she may be convicted of the offense despite the absence of receipts. Presentation of receipts acknowledging payment is not necessary for successful prosecution of illegal recruitment charge. Credible testimonial evidence may suffice. Number 2. Estafa A worker who suffers pecuniary damage, regardless of the amount, as a result of a previous or simultaneous false pretense resorted to by a non-licensee or non-holder of authority may complain of estafa under Article 315, Paragraph 2A of the Revised Penal Code aside from illegal recruitment. In People v. Calonzo, the court reiterated the rule that a person convicted for illegal recruitment under the Labor Code can be convicted for violation of the Revised Penal Code provisions and estafa, estafa provided the elements of the crime are present. In People v. Romero, the elements of the crime were stated thus letter A that the accused defrauded another by abuse of confidence or by means of deceit and letter B that the damage or prejudice capable of pecuniary estimation is caused to the offended party or third person. Estafa under Article 315 Paragraph 2 of the Revised Penal Code is committed by any person who defrauds another by using a fictitious name or falsely pretends to possess power, influence, qualifications, property, credit, agency, business, or imaginary transaction, or by means of similar deceits executed prior to or simultaneously with the commission of the fraud. The offended party must have relied on the false pretense, fraudulent act, or fraudulent means of the accused appellant, and as a result thereof, the offended party suffered damages. It has been proved in this case, the accused appellant represented themselves to private complainant to have the capacity to send domestic helpers to Italy, although they did not have any authority or license. It is by this representation that they induced private complainants to pay a placement fee of 150,000 pesos. Such act clearly constitutes estafa under Article 315, Paragraph 2 of the Revised Penal Code. Number 3. Power to issue, search, or arrest warrants, Article 38, Paragraph C, unconstitutional. Salazar v. Achacoso and Marquez, facts. On November 3, 1987, having ascertained that the petitioner had no license to operate a recruitment agency, the POEA administrator issued closure and seizure order number 1205 ordering the closure of the alleged recruitment agency operated at number 615 RO Santos Street, Mandaluyong, Metro Manila, and the seizure of documents and paraphernalia being issued or intended to be issued to be used in committing illegal recruitment. Pursuant to said order, a team of POEA people swooped down at the residence of petitioner and at the Hanali Dance Studio inside said residence. The team confiscated assorted costumes which, according to petitioner, were worth 10,000 pesos and which were already due for shipment to Japan. Petitioner wrote POEA contesting the legality of the seizure of her personal property, alleging 
that the seizure was contrary to the constitutional guarantees of due process and the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effect, effects against unreasonable searches and seizure. On February 2, 1988, the petitioner filed this suit for prohibition. Although the acts sought to be barred are already fate accompli, thereby making prohibition too late, the Supreme Court considered the petition as one for certiorari in view of the grave public interest involved. Issue May the Philippine Overseas Employment Administrator or the Secretary of Labor validly issue warrants of search and seizure or arrest under Article 38 of the Labor Code, ruling the petition is granted under Article 38, Paragraph C of the Labor Code, is declared unconstitutional and is null and void, the respondents are ordered to reter return all materials seized as a result of the implementation of search and seizure order number 1205. Under the Constitution, only a judge may issue warrants of search and arrest. Article 38, Paragraph C of the Labor Code, as now written, was entered as an amendment by Presidential Decrees Number 1920 and 2018 of the late President Ferdinand Marcos to Presidential Decree Number 1693 in the exercise of its legislative powers under Amendment Number 6 of the 1973 Constitution. Under the latter, the then Minister of Labor merely exercised recommendatory powers to recommend the arrest and detention of any person engaged in illegal recruitment, on May 1, 1984, Mr. Marcos promulgated Presidential Decree Number 1920 with the avowed purpose of giving more teeth to the campaign against illegal recruitment. The decree gave the Minister of Labor arrest and closure powers on January 26, 1986. President Marcos promulgated Presidential Decree Number 2018, giving the Labor Minister search and seizure power as well. The above has now been etched as Article 38, Paragraph C of the Labor Code. The decrees in question, it is well to note, stand as the dying vestiges of authoritarian rule in its twilight moments. We reiterate that the Secretary of Labor not being a judge may no longer issue search or arrest warrants. Hence, the authorities must go through the judicial process. To, the, to that extent, we declare Article 38, Paragraph C of the Labor Code unconstitutional and of no force and effect. For the guidance of the bench and the bar, we reaffirm the following principles. Number 1. Under Article 3, Section 2 of the 1987 Constitution, it is only judges and no other who may issue warrants of arrest and search. Number two, the exception is in cases of deportation or illegal and undesirable aliens whom the President or the Commissioner of Immigration may order arrested following a final order of deportation for the purpose of deportation. Number four, illegal recruiters still subject to arrest. After the ruling in the Salazar v. Achacoso case, the POEA's Prosecution Division made the explanation that the ruling does not necessarily mean that the Secretary of Labor or his duly authorized representatives or any officer of the law, for that matter, cannot cause the arrest of illegal recruiters. A person who has committed any act that constitutes illegal recruitment may be arrested by virtue of a warrant issued by a judge of a regional trial court where the criminal information was filed after preliminary investigation or by virtue of a warrant issued by a municipal trial judge conducting the preliminary investigation, if the judge is satisfied after an examination in writing and under oath of the complainant and his witnesses in the form of searching questions and answers.
that a probable cause exists and that there is necessity of placing the respondent under immediate custody in order not to frustrate the ends of justice. It should be noted further that an illegal recruiter may be lawfully arrested without warrant under the provisions of Section 5, Rule 113 of the 1985 Rules on Criminal Procedure as amended, which reads Section 5, Arrest without warrant when lawful, a peace officer or a private person may without warrant arrest a person, letter A, when in his presence the person to be arrested has committed is actually committing or is attempting to commit an offense. Letter B, when an offense has just been committed and he has probable cause to believe based on personal knowledge of facts or circumstances that the person to be arrested has committed it. Note that in paragraph A of the provision cited above, the word attempting presupposes an overt act Example, physical activity logically and necessarily indicating the intention to commit an offense, conversely under paragraph B above the phrase just been committed, stresses that the time element is essential and the phrase personal knowledge implies that the person affecting the arrest must not merely must not act merely on the basis of information obtained from other persons. Furthermore, in the ab in the matter of search and seizures, the rule that searches and seizure to be valid must be supported by a judicial search warrants admits of certain exceptions. For instance, a person lawfully arrested with or without warrant may be lawfully searched for dangerous weapons or anything which may be used as proof of the commission of an offense without a search warrant, search incident to lawful arrest. Another exception to the rule is warrantless search for evidence in plain view of the officer, plain view doctrine, still searches may be made without warrant when the individual knowingly consents to be searched. It is submitted, however, that the power of the secretary of or his duly authorized representatives to order the closure of illegal recruitment establishments still subsists, the same being considered essentially administrative and regulatory in nature. This finds further support under Article 36 of the Labor Code. In a nutshell, the Secretary of Labor and Employment or his duly authorized representatives may cause the lawful arrest of illegal recruiters either number one, by virtue of a judicial warrant issued by an RTC, MTC, or MCTC judge as the case may be, or number two, without judicial warrant under the provisions of Section 5, Rule 113 of the 1985 Rules on Criminal Procedure as amended, revised effective December 1, 2000. Per AM number 00503SC. Likewise, searches and seizure may be caused to be made either number one, by virtue of a search warrant issued by a judge upon a probable cause in connection with one specific offenses, offense determined personally by the judge after examination under oath or affirmation of the complainant and the witnesses he may produce, and particularly describing the place to be searched and the things to be seized number two without a judicial search warrant for anything which may be used as proof of the commission of illegal recruitment under any of the following conditions letter a when the search is incidental to a lawful arrest but limited to the person of the suspect and the place of arrest letter b when the thing to be seized is in plain view of the officer or letter c when the individual concerned knowingly consents to be searched. Finally, the secretary or his duly authorized representative may order the closure of illegal recruitment establishments. Number five, closure. Other recruitment activities of POEA. The procedure to, to order the closure of an illegal recruitment establishment 
is provided for in the rules implementing RA number 8042. The rules also detail other anti-illegal recruitment activities that the POEA may undertake. Eight anti-illegal recruitment programs, Section 14 POEA programs. The POEA shall adopt policies and procedures, prepare and implement programs toward the eradication of illegal recruitment activities such as but not limited to the following. Letter A, providing legal assistance to victims of illegal recruitment and related cases which are administrative or criminal in nature. Letter B, prosecution of illegal recruiters, special operations such as surveillance of persons and entities suspected to be engaged in illegal recruitment. And letter D, information and education campaign. Whenever necessary, the POEA shall coordinate with other appropriate entities in the implementation of said programs. Section 15. Legal Assistance The POEA shall provide free legal service to victims of illegal recruitment and related cases which are administrative or criminal in nature in the form of legal advice, assistance in the preparation of complaints, and supporting documents, institution of criminal actions, and whenever necessary, providing counseling assistance during preliminary investigation and hearing. Section 16. Receiving of Complaints for Illegal Recruitment Victims of illegal recruitment and related cases which are administrative or criminal in nature may file with the POEA a report or complaint in writing and under oath for assistance purpose. In regions outside the National Capital Region, complaints and reports involving illegal recruitment may be filed with the appropriate regional office of the POEA or DOLE. Section 17. Action on the Complaint Report where the complaint report alleges that illegal recruitment activities are ongoing, surveillance shall be conducted, and if such activities are confirmed, issuance of closure order may be recommended to the POEA administrator through the Director of the Licensing and Regulation Office, Director LRO. If sufficient basis for criminal action is found, the case shall be immediately forwarded to the appropriate office for such action. Section 18 Surveillance, the POEA and or designated official in the DOLE regional offices may on his own initiative conduct surveillance on the alleged illegal recruitment activities. Within two days from the termination of surveillance, a report supported by an affidavit shall be submitted to the director LRO or the regional director concerned as the case may be. Section 19 Issuance of Closure Order The Secretary of Labor and Employment or the POEA Administrator or the DOLE Regional Director of the appropriate regional office outside the National Capital Region or their duly authorized representatives may conduct an ex parte preliminary examination to determine whether the activities of a non-licensee constitute a danger to national security and public order or will lead to further exploitation of job seekers. For this purpose, the Secretary or Director concerned or their duly authorized representatives may examine personally the complainants and or their witnesses in the form of searching questions and answers and shall take their testimony under oath. The testimony of the complainant and or witnesses shall be reduced in writing and signed by them. If upon the preliminary examination or surveillance, the Secretary of Labor and Employment, the POEA Administrator, or DOLE Regional Director is satisfied that such danger or exploitation exists, a written order may be issued for the closure of the establishment being used for illegal recruitment activity. In case of a business establishment whose license or permit to operate a business was issued by the local government, the Secretary of Labor and Employment, the POEA Administrator, or the Regional Director concerned shall likewise recommend to the granting authority the immediate cancellation 
and revocation of the license or permit to operate its business. Section 20, Implementation of Closure Order. Closure order shall be served upon the offender or the person in charge of the establishment subject thereof. The closure shall be effected by sealing the establishment and posting a notice of such closure in bold letters at a conspicuous place in the premises of the establishment. Whenever necessary, the assistance and support of the appropriate law enforcement agencies may be requested for this purpose. Section 21. Report on Implementation a report on the implementation of the closure order executed under oath stating that details of the proceedings undertaken shall be submitted to the director LRO or the regional director concerned as the case may be within two days from the date of implementation. Section 22, Institution of Criminal Action. The Secretary of Labor and Employment, the POEA Administrator, or the regional director concerned or their duly authorized representatives or any aggrieved person may initiate the corresponding criminal action with the appropriate office. Where a complaint is filed with the POEA and the same is proper for preliminary investigation, it shall file the corresponding complaint with the appropriate officer with the supporting documents. Section 23, Motion to Lift a Closure Order A motion to lift a closure order, which has already been implemented, may be entertained only when filed with the Licensing and Regulation Office, office LRO within 10 calendar days from the date of implementation thereof. The motion shall clearly state the grounds upon which it is based attaching thereto the documents in support thereof. A motion to lift which does not conform with the requirement herein set forth shall be denied outrightly. Section 24. Who may file? The motion to file a closure order may be filed only by the following. Letter A. The owner of the building or his or her duly authorized representative, letter B, the building administrator, or his or her duly authorized representatives, or letter C, the person or entity against whom the closure order was issued and implemented, or the duly authorized representative, or letter D, any person or entity legitimately operating within the premises closed padlock whose operations active, activates are distinct from the recruitment activities of the person entity subject of the closure order section 25 grounds for lifting or reopening lifting of the closure order and or reopening of the office closed or podlock may be granted on any of the following grounds letter a that the office is not the subject of the closure order letter b that the contract of lease with the owner of the building or the building administrator has already been cancelled or terminated the request to reopen shall be duly supported by an affidavit of undertaking either of the owner of the building or the building administrator that the same will not be leased granted to any other person entity for recruitment purposes without the necessary license from the POEA. Letter C, that the office is shared by a person entity not involved in illegal recruitment activities, whether directly or indirectly, or letter D, any other ground that the POEA may consider as valid and meritorious. Lifting of a closure order is without prejudice to the filing of a criminal complaint with the appropriate office against the person alleged to have conducted illegal recruitment activities. Section 26. Appeal. The order of the BOEA administrator denying the motion to lift may be appealed to the Secretary of Labor and Employment within 10 days from service or receipt thereof. Section 27. Repodlocking of office. Where a reopened office was subsequently confirmed to be used for illegal recruitment activities, a new closure order shall be issued which shall not be subject to a motion to lift.